<laughs> I know, Hi. it's so cold. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, of course. My name is Alyssa Pritz, and I'm 36, and I've lived in Chicago since 2005. I would say I'm a very enthusiastic voter. Election day is one of my favorite days of the year, um, so it's something that's really important to me. I've tried to look up things, and my goal would be to vote for somebody who isn't completely connected to the Chicago machine, but is still somebody who could be effectual enough as a mayor. How are you feeling about this election? Overwhelmed. <laughs> I feel like this is a really great chance to get somebody that could affect a lot of change in Chicago. And I don't know who to vote for. Hi, everyone. This is On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. This week, we are on a quest to help Alyssa Pritz and you sort through the 14 options for mayor. Luckily, the WBEZ digital team created a quiz of sorts to gauge how your views align with the candidates. You can find it at wbez.org slash mayoral match if you want to play along. We had Alyssa take this quiz and ask questions along the way. Then we put them to our reporters to help explain. And we tried to help Alyssa find her candidate. Okay, so the first question says, do you want the next mayor to raise fees? Real quick, there are 19 total questions on the mayoral match quiz, and we're not going to go through every single one, but there were a handful that Alyssa had some additional questions about. And so for the sake of time, we're going to zoom in on those. Okay. Here we go. Chicago aldermen enjoy unwritten, unilateral power to influence zoning and development decisions in their wards. Do you want the next mayor to work to end the so-called aldermanic prerogative in favor of a holistic approach to citywide development. Well, I would be interested to hear what candidates say if they say no. Like, what is the reason why you should support aldermanic prerogative? What are the reasons why that's important? Okay. I'm going to ask our other city hall reporter, Claudia Morrell. Hey, Claudia. So, you got a second? Yeah. Um, tell me what aldermanic prerogative is exactly. So, aldermanic prerogative essentially means that if I am the alderman of a specific ward, I essentially can control what is built on every single block in my ward. I can control the zoning designation of said block. And I can control where the streetlights go, where the stop signs go, if someone gets an alley egress or ingress, which is essentially to allow the cars to go up and down the block. And it's not a written rule in the zoning code. It's more about um, an agreement among aldermen that they will support whatever the local alderman wants, even if they don't agree with it, because at the end of the day, they think that the alderman is representative of the wishes of their residents so that they would know better than anyone else what their residents want. There's a lot of talk right now about eliminating aldermanic prerogative. Why do people want to get rid of it? So it kind of has to do with this pay-to-play culture that's really been embedded in Chicago where uh, if you're a developer and you want to build something, you have to get a letter from your local alderman that says, I agree this should be built here. 
Um, and usually that comes in with a request by that alderman to say, what's in it for me? Um, are you going to come to my next fundraiser? And so we've been seeing with what's been happening with Alderman Ed Burke and Alderman Danny Solis that this is pretty widespread, almost a given where uh, in order to do business in Chicago, you need to grease some palms. So what candidates would be against eliminating this? The majority of mayoral candidates oppose aldermanic prerogative, but there are a few. I I saw in our um, questionnaire that there were three candidates that support it. Uh, One of them was Tony Preckwinkle, the Cook County board president. And before she was president of the board, she was alderman of the fourth ward. And she says that, you know, getting rid of aldermanic prerogative isn't going to address this pay-to-play culture. And so she sees it more as a, if you want to end corruption, why don't you end the outside employment instead? Because she thinks that's where the real corruption is. So what are the benefits of aldermanic prerogative? Why why would she want to keep it? It goes to this whole issue of, um, you know, the aldermen are the representatives of their neighborhood and the mayor is a representative of the city as a whole. And who better to know what your neighborhood needs? Again, is, is it's the aldermen. And they say that, you know, I don't want someone from the fifth floor of City Hall. I don't want the administration telling me what my neighborhood needs when I know what my neighborhood needs because they elected me. For me, this seems like we should... Um, and the aldermanic prerogative, and we should have a holistic approach to citywide development. So I'm going to answer yes. Okay, should the next mayor lobby state legislators to allow a city-run casino in Chicago? Okay, I think that this is a tricky question. I think that um, a city-run casino could bring a ton of revenue here, but like, where is it going to go? And, um, I mean, obviously we have them in Indiana. Um, I don't know, but like what makes sense? I think a lot of places have seen success with casinos. So I don't know. I feel conflicted about this. Do people want that here? Like the people, the mayors or the candidates? I don't, I'm not sure what their views are, but we'll find out at the end. Yeah. I think this is a question for Dave McKinney. Dave, do you have a second? Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me why Chicago doesn't have a casino? It doesn't have a casino because the the powers that be in Springfield have decided over 25 years of policymaking and beyond not to do it. The closest that Chicago has gotten came in 2011 and in 2012 when legislation to expand casino gambling in Illinois that included a Chicago casino passed the legislature but got vetoed by Governor Quinn. And, you know, since then we haven't seen anything. I mean, Mayor Emanuel, he still wants to have a casino in Chicago. He's talked about the port district on the southeast side of the city as, a, as an ideal place that would capture people going into Indiana to gamble. It would keep them, keep them in Illinois. But that just hasn't taken off. And part of the reason always is that you know, when, well, at least in, in this case, when former Governor Pat Quinn vetoed the gambling bill twice, 
Um, his issue was that he didn't believe that there was adequate oversight. He thought that there needed to be, you know, Springfield needed to have its hand on how contracts got awarded. There was also disputes about how the money that would be generated from a city casino would be distributed. Would, it, would most of it go to the state? Would most of it go to the city? And so those are the kinds of issues that get really thorny and have kind of kept it in place. All right. Thanks so much, Dave. <laughs> All right, sure. I'm going to go ask Dan what the candidates think. Hey, Dan, do you have a second? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. Which candidates want the casino in Chicago and why? Pretty much all the candidates want the casino in Chicago, with the exceptions of Amara Enya and LaShawn Ford, according to the questionnaire responses. And why do they want it? Probably for the same reason that Rich Daly and Rahm Emanuel wanted it. Revenue. They need it to come from somewhere. Uh, they also uh, feel that they're losing revenue in many cases. Uh, Several of the candidates pointed out that Indiana has a casino almost right across the state line from Chicago and from Illinois, and uh, people from Chicago are going there and dropping their money in the Hoosier state instead of here. So why would Amara Enya and LaShawn Ford not want it? You know, Amara Enya makes a good point that we've seen with other forms of gambling in the state that some of the people that participate together with the government in putting these uh, gambling options into business, uh, once they get their cut of the take, uh, it might not be as lucrative for the city as some of us may think. Uh, And she makes a good point. Uh, That's why I think a lot of the candidates who are for it want it to be a city-run casino as opposed to something that's that's run by a private entity and that a private entity uh, benefits from uh, more than the public. Uh, LaShawn Ford, he was asked if uh, he would lobby for it in Springfield, uh, and he said that he wouldn't lobby for it, but he wouldn't object to getting a new casino in Chicago. So really, Amara Enya is the only one that was pretty clearly against it out of the entire field. So if so many people are in support of it, the other thing Alyssa wants to know is just sort of where would a casino go in Chicago and exactly how much money would we make off of it? Well, we don't know how much money we would make off of it. Um, There's a variety of factors at play here. You know, there's video gambling across the state, uh, except for Chicago, really. And uh, that is cut into the the take for other casinos. There's also a lot of people that think we're reaching a saturation point with gambling where you can get more options for gambling, but it doesn't mean uh, that the revenues will continue to increase at that same uh, pace. Uh, But... Where would it go if you did have a casino in Chicago? That varies. Uh, Historically, we've been talking about downtown and near the convention center, uh, near McCormick Place. But others have talked about something closer to Indiana, closer to the southeast side of Chicago. There's a big, big chunk of land along the lakefront that used to be the U.S. Steel site and hasn't been developed at all really, uh, and certainly not to the extent that was planned. Uh, the, the plans for that site fell through, and that's a huge uh, part of the south side lakefront. Okay, thanks so much. No problem. Potentially there's a way to do it that makes sense for everybody, so I will say yes. Okay. The mayor currently appoints the Chicago Public Schools CEO and each member of the school board. Should the next mayor lobby state legislators to pass a law allowing Chicago voters to elect school board members? I think this is interesting, and I have read some responses from candidates about this, and some people say 
well, maybe we should do a mix of it. What would be the balance? How would they decide? Would there be like, would the CEO be appointed or um, would that position be elected, you know? Okay, I'm gonna come talk to Sarah Karp. Do you have a second, Sarah? I want to talk to you just Uh-oh. about about where the candidates stand on an elected school board. What exactly is the difference between an elected school board and a hybrid elected school board? Well, it depends who, who you're talking to, right? Because there's some candidates that I think that they, they want something where they would appoint certain members, maybe the president or the vice president of the board. <laughs> and then um, there's other ones who maybe there's some nominating process. So there can be different ways of coming to an elected school board. And in fact, you know, people think that once there was an elected school board, and there never really was. What it was was like communities nominated somebody for the board. So while it came from the community, it wasn't like a vote. And I think some people might be thinking, Something like that. So I guess is the idea is that the, the some mayoral candidates want to keep some control. You know, if you give the board the power to appoint the CEO, then that's a lot of power. That's and and that's where you'll see you know entire ideological shifts and people really where their opinion on do they think charter schools or do they think you know how the budget should be allocated. A lot of those differences will come out in who they appoint as a as the CEO. And if the mayor maintains that right, then even if you do have an elected school board, you might not have as much power to that school board. How different would the school system actually be with an elected board versus a hybrid board versus the same board that we have right now? Right, and I think that really depends on whether who the mayor is keeping to a point right so if it's just half and half then then it could be interesting but if it if it's a if it's like Daly says or Chico says oh I want to appoint well Daly is the one that says he does not support an elected school board so he's just like screw it I want to keep the power (laughs) um but Chico and and Mendoza you know who, who will they appoint if they appoint the president and the CEO then they kept a lot of the power. If they appoint just half and half, then that then that won't keep as much power. I do think that it, any amount of elections is going to shift a lot on the, the school board because who gets a, elected, whether it's special interests that are able to raise money and back a candidate or whether it's community interests, you know, that, that get together and bring on a candidate. So there's a whole bunch of ways that this could play out. All right. Thanks so much, Sarah. I think I'm going to answer yes, but I also think it's fine if they wanted to do a mix. This was the last one, maybe. Last one. You ready to see your results? (laughs) I know. I can't wait. Okay. The last one says, Chicago has more lead service lines than any big city in the U.S., should the next mayor use city money to help residents replace lead pipes that carry water to their homes? The answer is yes. And I, if anybody said no, I would love to know why. Because who, I mean, this is such an easy question to answer.
right, Monica Eng, I have a question for you about where the candidates stand on lead service lines to people's homes. So first, tell us a little bit about what the issue is with the lead service lines here in Chicago. Well, Chicago has more lead service lines, and these are the pipes that take the water from the water main to your house than any other city that is counted, about 385,000. While that water travels in that lead pipe, it can pick up lead and bring it to your faucet and really affect children and pregnant women and adults who may be susceptible to heart disease in really bad ways. So why would anybody be against replacing these lead service lines? because it will be expensive. The mayors up until now have contended that this lead service line is on your property, so it's your job to pay for it, about $10,000, four to $10,000. But pretty much every other city that's embarked on this has given homeowners some financial help. There are a ton of federal loans and grants to do this. There's state money, and some of the candidates, including Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle and Paul Vallis have laid out plans to get money to help homeowners pay for this. Where do the other candidates stand on getting that money to help homeowners? Well, as you know, uh, Bill Daly got the endorsement of the Plumbers Union, a very powerful entity that was crucial in keeping these lead lines in Chicago until the very day the feds banned them. And I asked his campaign, where do you stand on the lead service lines? He said nothing. But as you know, Jamal Green, who's no longer in the race, Vallis, Lightfoot, Mendoza, and Tony Preckwinkle have said they want to get rid of them. All right. Thanks so much, Monica. Thank you. Okay. Now scroll down and you will see your matches. Oh, wow. Okay. So the 84% match is Susanna Mendoza. And then, okay, I don't even know who this person is. Kosler? 79%. So, okay, I'll have to take a look at him, apparently. I think that's not a surprise to me that that's the match. She's, I think, it seems like we're aligned. Um, And then... I like her commercial where she plays soccer and she does a little kick. I think that that uh, is charming. And then I was talking to my sister. We were both talking about how we didn't know, you know, who to vote for. And I said, you know, I think I, I might be leaning towards Mendoza. And she said, ew, no. She got married at Burke's house. And I didn't know. Um, and I feel the same way about Tony Preckwinkle. I love Tony Preckwinkle. When she was coming up, I felt like she was such a mover and a shaker. And now it feels like, Less so, and it feels like she's more part of the machine. And I don't know who John, is it Kosler or Kosler? I don't know who this person is. Hey, Dan, real quick, who is John Kozlar? That's a good question that probably a lot of the voters have. Uh, he's a guy that we as reporters first came across uh, down in the 11th Ward in Bridgeport area, the heart of the machine, the Daly family's power base. He ran four years ago for alderman against Patrick Daly-Thompson, uh, the nephew of uh, former Mayor Rich Daly, grandson of former Mayor Richard J. Daly. He's kind of the Don Quixote, you would think, tilting at the windmills in uh, the Daly family's power base. But he forced a runoff, the first runoff in that ward since 1947. And he lost, but I guess now he's been emboldened and he figures, well, I ran for alderman, almost got on the city council, I guess. Uh, 
a run for mayor, but he's just a young guy, uh, maybe 30, 31 years old, uh, who has never held elected office and is a lawyer. Were you surprised by any of these? Um, no, I think I'd like to dig in a little bit to like the 68 percentage, you know, like, like, okay, maybe I should give Paul Vallis another look. You know, he's been here, and then he's been on the East Coast, and he's been in New Orleans, and it seems like I'm not sure that, you know, it's like another career politician to me is what that feels like, and I don't know. I want to look more into Lori Lightfoot. I don't have a lot of knowledge about her, except that um, she definitely has a campaign, and they like to contact me a lot. I, I think that this is really fun. I think it's a helpful exercise. Um, and it feels good to be able to, like, go through it and think about your thoughts and feelings on these different positions. And then you get to see these matches that come up. And now this gives me more work to do, but I feel better about it because I know, like, I'm aligned at least with some of these people. I think the question that still remains is who am I supposed to vote for? <laughs> All right. Alyssa, thank you so much. This has been really fun. The pleasure is mine. Thank you. That's all for today. This episode would not be possible without the incredible work of digital producer Paula Friedrich and the WBEZ digital team who created the mayoral match quiz. You can explore the interactive right now at wbez.org slash mayoral match. Reporting for this episode comes from me, Becky Vivi. Our editor is Alex Keefe. Our producer is James Edwards. Thank you to Claudia Morell, Dave McKinney, Dan Mihalopoulos, Sarah Karp, and Monica Eng for their infinite knowledge. And very special thanks to Alyssa Pritz. Also, shout out to Carrie Shepard for the title of this week's episode, Help, I Don't Know Who to Vote For. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download on Background in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org slash politics and always on air at 91.5 FM. Um, I'd like them to do this for all of the aldermanic races as well. If you could just go ahead and pass that on. It would be a big lift in three weeks. <laughs> At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.